You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 423, Training Your Church Safety Team, Part 2. So for the last several episodes, we've been talking about creating, implementing, uh, and training your church safety team or ministry. Um, This episode and, and, and last week's episode are focusing on the nuts and bolts of training your team. What do they need to know? Very obviously, a church safety ministry is going to be looked at differently uh, by, by the law, by the courts in case something bad were to happen, than your, your service team or your, your worship team. So we want to make sure we're doing things the right way. So I want to give you some, um, some material that will help you as you move forward in training your team. Um, It's one thing to say we have a safety team, but the other thing is how well are they trained to respond? Remember, as we've said over and over again, we don't rise to the occasion. We fall to our highest level of training. And obviously, if the training level is low, that's how far we fall. I saw this over and over again as a police officer, Um, uh, officers who excelled in training and and worked hard at training were officers who responded correctly. But officers who had skipped training, officers who who were lazy or just didn't pay attention during in-service training and other types of training were the ones who often got hurt or got someone else hurt. So uh, last week, just as a quick reminder, we talked about um, the initial firearms training and yearly qualification, very, very important. Judgment shooting and simulator training, if you can get that. Uh, The importance of use of force training. What does your state law say? Um, Your safety officers, your your safety team needs to be well-versed in your local uh, laws on the use of force. Uh, CPR, basic first aid. Then we talked about defensive tactics. We stopped there. Uh, defensive tactics is is one again. I saw this probably more than any other area when we talk about rising to the occasion or falling to our highest level of training. Officers with minimal defensive tactics skills were the ones who often had to use too much force, or had, who didn't use enough force, or they were the ones who got hurt themselves. So defensive tactics is one that we should be training in regularly. It doesn't mean we all need to become uh, MMA fighters, but having a a basic level of uh, martial arts defensive tactics training is um, something that's really going to help you. Don't get me me wrong. Uh, On my team, I've got guys who have none, have, have none of that, but we try and at least once or twice a year go through and do some defensive tactics training to help bring them up to speed. It's better than nothing. So today, let's jump back in. 
um, as we as we continue in topics that you need to cover um, in training your team. Um, what about active shooter training? You know, active shooter is is, is that's the, the those words just create fear when 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 you say those words active shooter. And I think when we talk about a safety team in our church. This is probably the worst case scenario for all of us is thinking about an active shooter. But how much training have you done in that arena? Um, there's training out there. There's, there, there's uh, organizations that, that, that have this type of training. Um, there's, there's different uh, videos out there. There's books. There's articles. There's things out there that you can do to train and equip your team. And it's definitely something to look at because... Um, as we said, active shooter, an active shooter is the very worst case scenario, but if you haven't trained it as a team, you're going to have your team going in different directions and doing different things. You want everybody to be on the same page of music when something really bad happens. You want everybody to respond the same way. So active shooter training, make sure this is something that you address regularly. And then right after that, I list room clearing. Now, room clearing is an interesting one because in reality, we're probably not going to be searching, doing an extensive search um, as a safety team. That's what the police would be called for. However, there are some situations that would require us to uh, move a little faster and maybe not even wait for the police. If somebody is attacking um, in the children's area of your church, uh, you're not going to wait for the police to get there. God help us. We need to get in there and protect those children. So room clearing and room searching, these are um, uh, really, really important skills to master. And this is one of those where if you don't have somebody on your, your team with a background in, former, uh, in, in law enforcement, um, you might want to uh, borrow a police officer for a day or for a few hours and get them to walk you through some room clearing scenarios. This is something we've trained as a team with dummy guns where we'll have somebody go hide on the, on the children's wing and we have to go find them. And, and, and of course, the, 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 the challenge is to find them before they, um, you know, kill you. Um, so we these room clearing skills also even though most of the time we're going to let the police do it. If there's, um, and, and just give you an example, we had a, a situation where uh, one morning during the week, somebody broke into our building and stole some musical equipment. Now, um, you know, our safety team is all volunteers, but if they had been there, um, would I have sent them in to clear uh, the building and to search every room to see if the bad guy's still there? Of course not. There's no need to. Um, that's we, we called the police. They came, performed a careful search of the building, um, determined the bad guy had already taken the stuff and left. But still, having these skills, we found that when we did the room clearing training, um, it was a lot of fun. It worked on, you know, it helped us develop teamwork, communication skills, and, uh, you know, just some, 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 it was a good, good day of training. Uh, the next one, this is number eight. Um, from, from last week, continuing on. Um, number eight is tactical communication. You might call this verbal judo or even verbal de-escalation. In other words, can you talk to people in such a way that you calm the situation down? 
as safety officers, especially for our church, um, we need to represent we're not just representing the church, we're representing the Lord. And as much as possible, we don't want to be those people who are pouring gasoline on somebody else's agitation or anger or whatever it is that they're upset about. We want to try and de-escalate. And this is something we've used uh, multiple times with my team, usually in the area of someone who's got uh, having an emotional uh, meltdown, or maybe when someone who's, someone who's having a mental health crisis, um, uh, you know, we've, we've had numbers of people like that come through our church. And so sometimes they'll get agitated about something or something won't be going their way. And, and so we have to be people who know how to calm them down, speak softly and know how to calm them down. And there's plenty of great material out there to train in. Um, uh, the book Verbal Judo, by I believe it's George Thompson is a great um, is a great resource. I'll list that in the um, show notes so that you can get a copy of it. It's an excellent book uh, written for police officers on how to talk to people, how to get people to do what you need them to do, how to uh, make things very clear but in a calm manner and in a way that's going to de-escalate the situation. Uh, number nine, advanced firearms training. You know, it's one thing to have that basic class under your belt, but how often do your people go and take another class? I encourage my people to do it all the time. doesn't mean they always do, but, but there's plenty of great uh, firearms training in our area, um, some ranges that have some great, great uh, firearms training, and I would just encourage you to take advantage of it. You know, we, we hear all the time about police officers making mistakes and um, you know, maybe making a bad shoot, you know, a bad shooting, or um, shooting at a perpetrator and missing, or any number of bad things that you can think of with a police shooting. And yet, these guys and girls are pretty well trained. And the reason I say that is, if the police, who are more well trained than most civilians, still make mistakes, how much more should we, um, as our church safety team, take our training seriously? Um, getting good training, um, g- learning some drills, and, and you can even practice these with your, your teammates. Um, and maybe this is getting online and finding a, you know, a really good, some, some good shooting videos on YouTube and, and, and learning and practicing these drills. Whatever it looks like, let's practice, practice, practice. Because remember, we never rise to the occasion. We always fall to our highest level of training. We'll be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, my brand new book. And I mean brand new. This one just was released two days ago, Diablo's Dust. Diablo's Dust is book five in the exciting Chuck McCain series. And if you don't know who Chuck McCain is, Check them all out. I think you will really, really enjoy them. Listen to what the blurb on the back of the book says. This is what you'll see on Amazon if you look up Diablo's Dust. They thought he was dead, but the mastermind behind the zombie virus is still very much alive and working with the notorious Sinaloa cartel in Mexico. Dr. Ramin Shaharari his newest deadly creation is the Devil's Dust, 
a powerful illegal drug that's already causing blood to flow on the streets of America. The Iranian terrorist's ultimate goal, however, is to recreate the zombie virus and bring back the walking dead to the United States. Chuck McCain and his team are called back into action to locate and eliminate Sharari before it's too late. They have their work cut out for them because the terrorist is deep inside the Sinaloa state, protected by cartel leader Javier Guillen and his army of soldiers. Can McCain take out the rogue scientist before he finishes his deadly biological weapon? Then can Chuck's team escape the Sinaloa noose that is quickly tightening around them? I would really encourage you to check this out. If, if, if you like fast-paced action novels, this is a great series for you. So click on the link. You can read the first chapter or so for free. It'll give you an idea if you like it or not. But, uh, but I think you would definitely enjoy it. And uh, so much of this, obviously not the zombies, but so much of the, the material that you're going to see here um, is in some way inspired by parts of my law enforcement career. So check it out. All right, well, we're talking about training our church safety team. What else do we need to teach the people on our team? Here's a question for you. What do you carry besides your firearm? Um, I encourage the, the guys on my team to all carry a flashlight an extra magazine, uh, a first aid kit, a small individual first aid kit, an IFAC if you've got one, um, uh, maybe a tourniquet. There's, there's any number of things that, that you can carry with you. But one of the things that, that, that probably needs to be uh, considered is do you have other non-lethal options available? Uh, for example, I know some church safety teams that issue pepper spray um, or maybe pepper foam. Uh, there's different options available. This is a good non-lethal option. Another non-lethal option is a baton, a collapsible baton. Um, I'm not a fan of these. I loved it when I was a police officer. I'm not a fan of these for the church safety team because I, I just can imagine you know, some disruptive, violent person in church, um, you know, trying to hurt somebody. And I can see a picture showing up on the six o'clock news of a church safety officer with his baton raised over his head, getting ready to bring it down on this, this uh, you know, violent assailant's leg or um, arm or whatever they're going to hit. And I just don't think that's probably a really good idea. Um, another option are tasers. Uh, does your team have a, have access to tasers? Uh, we 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 do. We actually have access to tasers. There's something that uh, um, uh, was actually one of our pastor's ideas. It was a, um, a a good idea. It gives us another option besides deadly force. Now, there's um, a taser never takes the place of a firearm, nor should it. And it does. It's not 100% effective, but it is a good good tool. It's a very, very good non-lethal weapon. And uh, there's some some great ones out there that you can get a, a new one. They're pretty expensive. Um, we actually got some uh, refurbished police tasers. 
and uh, and they, they they serve our purpose as well. So definitely something to think about. What do you carry besides your firearm? And if you do carry a pepper spray or a baton or a taser, what type of training do you do with that? You don't just give a piece of equipment to someone. That's a, that's a liability. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. We have to have some type of training. So when we got the tasers, I created a, a, a taser training course. It's, it's not real long, but it's comprehensive, and it, it, it makes everyone comfortable with that particular non-lethal weapon. All right, one more, one more, and we will wrap it up today. We've got so much training that I want to talk to you about, so many important things that that, uh, that I'll actually continue this next week because I don't want to rush through it. I want to make sure you get a good, solid foundation for your church safety team. But one more today is this one. Um, do you have, we're talking about training here, have you trained and do you have a plan in place for emergency evacuation of your building, and do you do fire drills? Now, let me just say up front, you don't do a fire drill at a Sunday morning church service. That's that's unrealistic to think that. But do you have a plan in place to evacuate your children? Because we have done, our kids team, our kids leaders have done fire drills on Sunday morning with our children in their classes. And, and this is, is, a, is a really, really smart thing to do. Um, the children have, have the, you know, once a year, twice a year, they go through a fire drill where they're um, taken outside to a safe place and, and their parents know up front they're going to be having it. They don't just do this kind of wildly, but, the, but they send a letter out the week before saying they're going to do this. But it's just a brilliant idea because if something bad were to happen, there's a plan in place to evacuate the children. But what about the auditorium? Do you have a plan in place for evacuating the auditorium? We do, but at the same time, uh, let's, let's be honest, the reality is in, in, a, in a crisis situation, um, you're going to have chaos. You're going to have people stampeding over each other, so you do the best you can. So this is something as a team, um, maybe even involving some of the leaders of your church, maybe the service team, deacons, ushers, whatever you call them, um, bring them into this conversation as well so that everyone is on the same page. We know which doors we're directing people to. We know where we're trying to get people in the parking lot. We've got somebody outside in the parking lot directing people away from the building to a safe area. And of course, we're talking about emergency evacuation of the building during a fire, um, during a possibly a, you know, you know, a shooting situation, an active shooter, um, getting people out of the building in a safe way. So there's any number of these things that need to be thought about and discussed. But having a plan in place gives you at least some chance of getting everybody where you want them outside. Um, because you don't just need people going outside and, you know, jumping in their cars and speeding away. People will get run over in the parking lot. Um, we had a wreck the other night in our parking lot at a youth meeting. Um, it, it happens. That's why they call them accidents. But, but in a crisis situation, you're, you're amplifying and multiplying your chances for that by 100. So um, let's, let's try and have a plan in place that if we do have to evacuate the building, um, then, then we're going to be good to go. And at the same time, what is your plan if a tornado comes through? 
What is your plan if some type of natural disaster takes place while your church is having a meeting? Do you have a plan? Have you talked about it? All right. I'm going to stop there. I've still got several, several more really helpful and important. Actually, I think that these last few are probably some of the most important training areas that we need to discuss. And uh, for your church training, for, for, for your church safety team, training is so vitally important. So take these things. Um, if you have any questions, by all means, reach out to me, david at davidspell.com. If you have any questions, you can go to uh, davidspell.com, leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post, and we'll make sure that we address that. Uh, while you're at my website, make sure you check out all my resources. Check out, uh, make sure you drop your email address in there so that uh, you never miss out on a single episode. And also make sure you click on those resource highlights because I know you'll enjoy them and I know they will help you. Friends, thanks for being with me. I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.